Hey, Corey, come read the Drift app. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check in on their website for their latest updates and policy regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need. And they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 175 bucks. Visit driftoutfitters.com to learn more. Driftoutfitters.com. That one's pretty good, I think. Hello and welcome to another episode of So Fly. It is uh, the end of December. Actually, this show's coming out on uh, New Year's Day. So Happy New Year's, everybody. Um, Happy New Year's! Is... Happy New Year's! My name is Mitch. <laughs> We've got Aldo. Happy New Year! <laughs> but yes, hello, <laughs> thank you. We got yo, yo, yo. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone, and uh, welcome, Nick. Yeah, we're very excited to be chatting with a special guest today on the show. Um, We've got Nick Price. Nick Price is a photographer and guide based out of uh, Sutton Valley, Idaho. Nick was born and raised in Santa Barbara, California and studied for a year at the University of Washington. Uh, He took a semester off to spend a couple months in a cabin on the Middle Fork of the Salmon River in Idaho. Uh, It's there that he dove into a whole pile of books, including one of his all-time favorites, The River Y. Uh, He went on to the University of Montana in Missoula to study fiction while working in a local fly shop. Uh, and it's there at uh, in Missoula where he met his now wife of 25 years, and they have two sons together, 19 and 17. Uh, Nick's guided full-time since his college days, but Nick is also one heck of a good photographer and got into the photo game later in life. Uh, he began seriously shooting about 15 years ago and became totally passionate about the pursuit to capture burning fly fishing imagery. Uh, Nick speaks about guiding and photography as the only two real jobs he's had. Sounds like two pretty good real jobs to me. Uh, today, Nick is on SoFly. Nick, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Kind of really oh excited God. to see where we go with this whole conversation, yeah. but really excited to be here. Thanks. Oh, yeah. No. So so you're calling in from, you're in Sun Valley, Idaho, right I'm now. in Sun Valley, Idaho. Yeah, just south, really, a town called Haley, but most people cool. would know of, of Sun Valley. Yeah. And how's life down there right now? Are you fishing? Are you doing any outdoor stuff? Skiing? Life is good. We finally have snow. We just got over last year. It was probably one of the driest years we had in, I don't know, 75 years don't really know the wow. exact number so kind of a bummer but just got a good storm yeah had i don't know three to four feet kind of in oh, town wow. the other Jeez. day and yeah good kickoff even though the kickoff started late so kind of nice nice yeah no doubt no doubt yeah i mean three to four feet of snow geez that's like uh, quite a bit of uh quite a bit of snow yeah it was a good storm for sure but it was really on top of nothing but good start yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. um so how so yeah i mean like you're you know you're you're hanging out in sun valley but we know uh we actually were talking before obviously the show and and you just did a trip down with uh with joe from costa and you were shooting with costa yeah i was just down in magdalena bay got back i think just about exactly a week ago so i've mm-hmm. been kind of editing non-stop since i got back oh amazing oh, wow. how was yeah, the yeah. trip like was it totally incredible the trip was <laughs> in short i'd say it was insanity i mean the guys we were with a group <laughs> of guys they they're called Los Locos. That's the, actually their business name. Americans guiding yeah. down there, but they involve Mexican captains. They involve the community, which is really, yeah. really cool. But they were named Los Locos because the locals kept calling them Loco. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so they, what, what, what makes them Loco? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, the energy, for one, yeah. is nonstop. 
which is great. I mean, you don't have to participate in that energy. It doesn't start yeah. like first thing in the morning, but it's just this great vibe of let's go, let's do this. We're in a rad place. Even if today the conditions are perfect, we're going to go have a blast. Yeah. And that's kind of the, that's the starting point. And that's how it oh, was man. nonstop. And that's, yeah. So Joe was a part of that. He brought out some other Costa guys, a couple guys from the Keys, Brandon Sear and Nick Labadee, another photographer. Cool. Cody Rubner. Yeah, it was a blast. I was there for, I think, nine days. Wow, yeah, Joe like Joe was sending me some photos over, like he was DMing me photos and stuff from Instagram and, and you guys were fishing for, it looked, it looked, it looked wild. Yeah, but, I mean, wild. well, there's, there's marlin fishing, components. right? Well, yeah, one of the components is marlin, blue water marlin fishing. Wow. And so we kind of scored most of the time I was there. They weren't too far out. Yeah. And, but just seeing, I mean, it's, that's where the insanity comes into play too. You're mm-hmm. kind of just motoring out for an hour and a half and then shazam it's yeah. on yeah. in a million miles an hour <laughs> so did you get to do fishing yourself or were you mainly behind the lens well for that component all 100% behind the lens which right. is I mean it's like imagine having one photographer at 10 weddings that right. much is yeah, going yeah. on it's oh just, my God. <laughs> that's a great analogy <laughs> yeah it's tough so, to I mean, kind of cover it all behind the lens is fun. I mean, I've been lucky enough. I've been down there before. I've caught Marlin on the fly and that was a blast. Yeah. So sh- being able to shoot it, yeah, get in the water and then also shoot it from the air with the drone. You go, oh, wow, that's what this yeah. bait ball, that's what these fish look like from yeah, the air. It's yeah. pretty cool. Right. Oh, that's right. that's super cool. I mean, we, I definitely want to talk about like, um, you know, like the, the difference between your photography passion and fly fishing passion. But maybe, maybe first we just like start at the beginning. Um, did you get into fly fishing before the cabin on the Salmon River, or was it there that you discovered fly fishing? Well, so growing up in Santa Barbara, lucky we had a like an old Mako that always broke down, but mm. I don't know how old I was when we got it. If I was in fourth grade, I'm not really good with dates, years, but so we have <laughs> yeah. Channel Islands out there, so grew up surfing, using the boat to go fishing, wasn't really fly fishing, but always yeah. going out. Just that was part of life, doing that all the time. And probably when I was in third grade, we got this cabin. I mean, no electricity, right on the middle fork of the salmon, kind of a dreamy river, I don't know if you know about it, in a giant roadless wilderness area that you have to fly to get into. Oh, wow. So it was kind of there that I started fly. I mean, I was terrible. I was a hack fly fishing. And yeah, uh, I still am, don't it, worry. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and that's, I'd say, from there on, it was no turning back, for sure. Yeah. Just visiting mm-hmm. there, yeah. So the folks, do, the, do your folks, did they fly fish or like they had this remote cabin, like were they wilderness people? Like why did they yeah, have this I'd be thinking it just attracted them. You fly in yeah. a little Cessna on a dirt, dirt airstrip. Yeah, I mean the fishing there is on the easier side for these cutthroat, but no one was around in those days. Yeah. There's some boat whitewater float trips that go through and so you occasionally see them. You see more of them now. But I think the whole thing attracted them, including the fishing. But right. yeah. you know, groceries were flown in with you. There's an air mail run. I remember begging the pilot to take me on that. That was insane. <laughs> wow. So all the components were really cool. Including yeah, that the sounds that sounds amazing. Oh my God, yeah, what yeah. a remote thing. So in Santa Barbara, then, like, what was the fishing like there? Like, it was uh, it's all surf stuff. No, I mean f- there is that. I never really got into surf fishing. I did it a little with friends. I, I'm too ADD to like to like that <laughs> yeah. uh, or surf casting with spin rods. So yeah, no, we right. go to the Channel Islands. Troll for halibut, I guess gotcha. that's same category. Uh, rockfish, you name it. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 That's pretty cool. So it was yeah. mostly just like fly fish. It wasn't mostly fly fishing. It was mostly gear fishing down there. Oh, at that point uh, in my life, absolutely all of it was. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So what was it about fly fishing that kind of took you, like, why, 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 why did you fall in love with it? Like, what was it about the sport that made you want to keep doing it? Yeah, I mean, sir, I, there are probably a lot of, you know, I've thought about this question a ton, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not easy. I'd, probably everyone you ask says or has a little different answer. But mm-hmm. I think the place has to do with it for sure. I mean, are you asking me what I thought then? Because I certainly think about it differently now, too. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, what did you think about it then? And what do you think about it now? How does yeah, it change? Yeah. Cause it is a dynamic thing, you know, like it's a weird, it's a, it's something we like to ask everybody because it's like, yeah, it is kind of like a strange thing. What is it about fly fishing? That's so alluring, you know, right, yeah, right. like your motivations change over time. Right. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. just want to spew out an answer that sounds more For mature sure. now. It certainly didn't have it. Then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. maybe I Why'd you like fly fishing? Either. I like catching fish <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, but I think at this cabin on the Middle Fork, certainly in other places, number one, it was the freedom. I mean, I'd just take off for the day. I'd right. have a couple flies. I don't even know if I knew how to tie a blood knot at the time. I'd just splice leader with whatever I could figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd take off. I'd walk for miles, and I might come back at dark. So I think the fishing was certainly one component, because I loved it, and tried to mm-hmm. figure out what the fish were eating, kind of the science of it, but I wasn't you know, that geeky then about it. And then the freedom in the place. I mean, it was, it's just a stunning, beautiful place combined with mm-hmm. so few people around. It just blew me away. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop doing it. So yeah, I'd say the combination like, of the looks, yeah. the, I mean, I was solitary, you know, sometimes yeah. with a family member or a friend and, and then the fishing component itself. So much yeah, better. It, to, it does put you into that. Yeah, and then of course I'm sure a lot of us say this: an activity where you're not thinking about anything else other than what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Of course, the flow so, state. Yeah. Exa- well, and it's still that, which is cool. Yeah, it's still that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. after after those months at the cabin, you're like, uh, I'm gonna go move to Missoula and go go to go to guide school. Or <laughs> well, I mean, guide school. I worked in a fly shop. I oh, had right, fly my shop, limited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that was kind of guide school. I mean, just being around of people course. who are doing it for a living. And, you know, you have this hack me showing up. But that's how we all start. I didn't, mm-hmm. You don't know that at the time. But, yeah, mm-hmm. my guide school was working. I worked in a shop for three years there awesome. while in school. Yeah. It was great. Great experience. Still talk to some of the people who work there. Oh, the Pretty shop's cool. still around? Well, shop's still around. I think it's three owners later. Don't quote me on that. Oh, wow. But it's certainly a different owner. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So it just keeps changing hands. That's dope. Well, it's been, I'm dating myself. I have lived here. To, this is going to be my 26th year, I want to say. So it's been a while. So you yeah. met your wife in Missoula as well. Is she a fly met. angler as well? or A little bit. She grew up on the Bigwood River here in Sun Valley. Can mm-hmm. fly fish. Actually, is a great little caster, but, but doesn't fish a ton, no. Right on. Too many other things going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. do the do the do the kids fly fish too, or does does one of them's more obsessed with the, than the other? I have two sons. One's nineteen, one's yeah. seventeen, and my seventeen-year-old definitely likes it more. Really? But he's also obsessed with other things like kayaking and water sports. So is the nineteen-year-old. Sick, but that's, just that's not great. so much the fly fishing. Uh, for him. An outdoor life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's our life, even if it's not yeah. exactly always fishing. Yeah, skiing. It's good. <laughs> skiing, snowboarding. Skiing, not against, 
riding. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's just always been skiing. My younger son, Charlie, tried outboarding, I think, for a season. But it's just gone right. back to... Yeah. I mean, ski culture's huge down there, right? Like, it's a pretty big deal in that area, eh? Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, so my older son's out of the house, essentially. But younger son, Charlie, is on a team. So he competes. It's called Big Mountain Skiing. And he's off pretty soon, I think, to go to team. Yeah, yeah right this on. morning. Yeah, yeah. Right on. That's awesome. Um, okay, so like looking back at your kind of fly fishing life, like has there like what are what are some of the more standout moments? You know, like we talk about the cabin, and that was like obviously a very you know critical place in developing your your passion for fly fishing. What are some other moments if you look back and think like, oh man, that was a good that was a good trip, or like that year was like a big one for me on the rivers. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it wasn't like a, a huge moment. It was probably going to school at the University of Montana, and I didn't choose it necessarily yeah. for the for the fishing. It was like, I wanted to be a writer at the time. So I went there for this yeah. cool fiction program. And what I appreciated ab- about it and still do is people took what they did seriously, but they didn't take themselves seriously. But that doesn't really answer right. your question. But I think over the course of the first year going, oh my yeah. gosh, this is my new backyard. I mean, that mm-hmm. was huge. Mm-hmm. So it was, I had, I mean, there are four, I don't know if you know the area much. There's the Clark Fork, the Bitterroot, Blackfoot, Rock Creek, all within at least, you know, Rock Creek's about a half an hour away. So the other three are really close. So that's, there's a lot of water around. Yeah, Yeah. that's a pretty exceptional place to go to school, especially if you just kind of, you went there for writing and then you're like, oh, wow, look at this fly fishing thing. Well, I knew about it. So it was, but (laughs) it was not like I'm going to fish. And I just, I kind (laughs) of, yeah, yeah. People do. A lot of people do. A lot of people make that choice. You know, we've met a lot of people that are like, I went to this school because the (laughs) river was here, you know, like, (laughs) It's kind of a funny yeah, thing. Yeah, huge but, uh, perk for sure. Is it safe so, to say? Oh, sorry, Mitch. Oh, no, go ahead, Aldo, please. Uh, is it safe to say that University of Montana is uh, more of a creative school? Because they, you, you know, you read about, you know, in the Flyfish mm-hmm. Journal, or you read, or we talk to guests who have gone there, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's usually like, oh, I went there for writing, oh, I went there for photography, or they went there for outdoors something. Right. Like, it just seems like a, a, a more of a, from the outside looking in, like a, it. Uh, exports a lot of creatives, let's just say. Into, yeah, I think into it does. Even the art yeah. program, I want to say, is strong. And that's mm-hmm. so University of Montana's M- Missoula, Montana State's in Bozeman. Uh, not really going to compare them, but at the time, I think uh, the University of Montana had top 10 fiction writing program in the country. And who would think that this little school in Missoula, Montana would have novelists walking around town and all these great right. poets and writers? Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah, definitely it's got that cool, cool like, funky vibe. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's 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 neat. We've yeah, we have talked to people that have gone there. Uh, I think didn't John Gierak go to school in Montana? I could have sworn he he said he I did. Would, I, if I had to guess, I'd say no, but I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Either. I mean, yeah. Um, I think I would. Know, well, but. so you wanted to become a writer. Where where did that like after school? Where did you go from there? Like, did you well, follow yes. writing for a while? Not really, but I applied to a graduate writing program back east. So from mm-hmm. Missoula, I mean, it was kind of U-Hauls for a little while, just seasonal. Uh, came to Sun Valley with my now wife for a summer. Guy, she said, why don't you just come work in a fly shop in Sun Valley rather than Missoula? Did yeah. that uh, it, all along knowing I was accepted into this program in Massachusetts. Drove back there, got my financial aid statements, and I went three years of financial aid for fiction. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be in debt. I had I mean I was a fly shop guy, I had no money. And yeah. the debt absolutely scared me. And I at the time I had a professor or my last year at 
Mazzuli said, you know, why the fuck do you want to go spend all this money on a degree when you can just send your work to me? And, yeah. But I'll write you a great letter of recommendation, he said. And so I went, checked it out, said no gracias, drove back from Massachusetts, never started. And I had never yeah. looked back on the guiding thing. The writing yeah. thing fizzled. I just, I don't, probably didn't have the passion that mm -hmm. it would take to mm. keep writing and have that mundane job, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. so, Mitch does that every day. <laughs> oh, really? Not like that You're... though. Not like that though. No, like I know what you mean. Like, yeah, like creative writers. I mean, Jesus, like it can be a slog, you know. Like, yeah. you might never reach that like commercial success, but you have to kind of keep trusting mm -hmm. that you might, you know. Yeah, like, I wasn't even yeah. looking for success or notoriety. I was just yeah. looking, you know, please myself, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first step. Yeah. So when did you go back to guiding then? Like, well, it was, it was just no, like... I just never stopped. So you from working at a fly shop in Missoula, kind of the clerk yeah. behind the counter, to doing a few more guide trips in Missoula, not many, and then yeah. moving to Sun Valley, same thing, kind of working at a fly shop, doing a few guide trips, and then all of a sudden it's full-time over the course yeah. of a few years. Yeah. So really so never stopped. How noticed. has your guiding like kind of journey been? Like, are you, are you, are you, is that like a gig that, cause you mentioned you have two real jobs really yeah. only in your life. It's guiding and photography has guiding been like a, like a, I mean, obviously you're still doing it, but is that, has that been a nice kind of experience? Well, I love it. I think I'm curious about people. I mean, a lot of our water, number one, for those who don't know the Sun Valley area is smaller. So we walk and wait a ton. Right. And in so doing, we're with these people and close. We're like their de facto psychologists for the day. And they open <laughs> up and talk. So I'd say nine out of yeah. ten times outside of just the fishing experience, social experience is really cool. So I enjoy both. I mean, I've seen the fishing around here for so long. What makes it not get stale, I think, would be the social experience. And then as a photographer, kind of enjoying in the lights, not always rad or, but looking around, there's always <laughs> <laughs> something to think and look at. That's, that's such yeah. an interesting way to think about guiding. Like, I don't think we've ever actually, we've spoke to a lot of guides and we've never talked about that, that idea of the social interaction where it's just like, yeah, you might have kind of like big conversations on the water because, because that's true. If it's like one-on-one -on -one and you're fly fishing, that's such a conducive environment to like, just have these kind of bigger conversations about whatever, you know? Oh, absolutely. Does that happen a lot? Well, I'd say most days. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the times I find myself kind of in awe at the conversation, like how vulnerable this person's willing to be with me, just this, you know, guide yeah. photographer dude standing on the bank of the river with him. But well, it's I mean, cool. maybe I that's also that. just maybe that's also just like you, you know, maybe you have something uh, about you that unlocks that. But I mean, you're like just explaining like, yeah, standing on a quiet river for, you know, eight hours, like people maybe, yeah, that makes sense that they would open up, you know? Yeah, yeah. And what's, you just said quiet river. A lot of the time it's funny, it's not quiet. The sound of the river oh, really? is like a small jet engine. Come oh, home, yeah. try to talk over people. I go, oh, I'm not talking <laughs> over the river anymore. Yeah. Do you so do what, most of your guiding? Did we, oh, sorry. Oh, you know. No, uh, I was just going to say, I don't, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, fellas, but uh, from writing to photography, or has photography always just been in your wheelhouse ever since you were No, young? it hasn't. I mean, I had a film camera that I'd mess around with as a kid, but I mean, it'd be one roll of film a year. So no, was not in my wheelhouse at all. But the connection, I think, one of the cool things I learned in the writing program was humility and was taught over and over. You send this work in, you're gonna be lucky if you even get a response saying, we, no, 
Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. I got thick skin, I think, there. And that, I think, the passion of photography just struck. And I went, wow, I have this cool background where I don't care if I stink. I just love mm -hmm. doing this. And yes. so the combination of those two things, I just took off. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think for every creative person, I think that that is a, a definite lesson. I think that's the only way to progress and be successful is to take those sort of like, you know, humble critiques, you know, with mm -hmm. your work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, eventually learning who to listen to. Uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> but that's, yeah. yeah, that too. That's so a, a lot point. of what I learned in the fiction program parlays to photography outside of really no words, commas, <laughs> and yeah. images. Yeah. A lot of crossover. I mean, so how did you like what going to photography? How did you, did you like get into, I mean, cause now you're, you're, you're selling images to, you know, you're just on the cover of the Flyfish journal recently with a beautiful right. image. No, it's, um, it's full time close to work and my yeah. guiding is definitely the number of guide days I'm doing is definitely going down. Yeah. Uh, and but like I guess I didn't let you finish up. your question either. So no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. Like it's great. It's super cool that it turned into a, you know, like a job, like a legitimate job, um, as opposed to just sort of like, uh, you know, doing it cause I love it for a bit. How did that progression take off? Like, how did you start? You just like, I'm going to grab my camera, go to local rivers. Well, I'm uh, lucky because kind of... I have a lot of rivers right here in my backyard. I also guide yeah. them. And so right. I know as a guide, Typically, not always, it's fishing, when to be where. Yeah. So if it's shooting a certain hatch locally, I already knew kind of the rough dates, when to show up. If I was going to have an evening not guiding or a day not guiding, I knew when to show mm -hmm. up. Friends of mine who were guides just became my subject. So really quickly, I became, without trying to, a documentary-style photographer. I never, shouldn't say never, but right. seldomly would say, do this, do that. I just, yeah. I had to train my mind to get the image when it happened in front of me. And if mm -hmm. it didn't, it's like, well, I missed that opportunity. I have to learn how to recognize when my shot's coming yeah. without bothering and, whoever I'm with. And did you find that you were able to fake it often? Like do this, do that? Or was, was the better image always just the documentary grabbing when it's happening? Do this. Do, well, I mean, I didn't do any do this, do that. And I think all my just work, I just, always. yeah, back then I just think it all, even at the time, I just said, this isn't, yeah. this stinks. But I kept yeah. doing it. And, you know, with online classes these days, you can learn so much mm -hmm. yeah. from post-processing, editing to whatever it is you want to figure out about shooting. So I looked at photographers I really admire. Mm-hmm. And just kind of as as motivation, how yeah, to get totally, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have a few? Do you have a few you want to list? Well, I think there. What's funny is a lot of them are not fly fishing photographers. Not that I don't yeah. admire them, but like the old the Steve McCurry of National Geographic and portraits. I love people shots and portrait shots. If I could do travel mm -hmm. stuff too, more of it of yeah. kind of the less of the fishing stuff, for sure. Yeah. And there's another guy, uh, Frederick Lagrange, who has a portfolio on Mongolia that's just absolutely blown me away but mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's people and I think the photographers who have their images who that elicit an emotion in me you know with like mm -hmm. Instagram we have this constant scroll an example would be all of a sudden I don't know if it happens to you guys but we just stop at an image oh yeah I love so if I'm looking over someone's shoulder and they stop mm -hmm. I'd love to know why what makes yeah. them just stop right there and that's a great question. What do you think makes 
let's say a great fly fishing photo because you know photography is a huge thing but like what makes a, a thumb stopping fly fishing hold photo? on let me get my notepad mitch for this i gotta take notes <laughs> <laughs> totally i'm recording we're recording yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, i think it's different for all of us i mean you have goals that i have kind of they'd be hard to list off right now in this podcast mm-hmm. in the back of my head i'd need a second to think about it but the shots i want to mm-hmm. get but i think a lot of the time the answer to the question is it's different for every viewer so there's the mm-hmm. photographer trying to get the image a lot of the time we get attached to the image. Like I have five shots that I thought would make great cover shots, whatever. Never happened with those shots. So I thought they were great, but other mm-hmm. viewers, editor have not. So from my perspective, there's one thing as a photographer. From the viewer, the answer I think is some emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think a lot of the time people talk about color, light, and composition. The fourth, maybe the biggest for me, Probably the biggest for me is the emotional connection. You can have an image out of focus. There's a great image by a photographer named Keith Carter called Fireflies. These kids with this jar full of fireflies by a river, and they're looking at them. But the kids are out of focus. But it elicits such strong emotion. It's yeah, it's a great image. I wonder, like, because because you were oh oh, yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's very famous. I'm googling it right now. Yeah, Yeah, Fireflies. Oh, you you guys are quick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah we're that's a like super cool photo. Google Daddy's here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's a great no, photographer. Right. And the shot's insane. It's a film shot, yeah. but yeah. So a lot of the time, it's accepting the flaws. Another photographer mm-hmm. said that, so I'm stealing it from him. But yeah. accepting the flaws—that's such a good way to look at it. Yeah. Especially right, in this you know, digital like, era, where most of yeah. us are just going sharp, 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 sharp. Yes. Whereas, mm-hmm. like stepping back, I often need a week. Like after Magdalena Bay shooting for Coastits. Now that it's been a week, I can kind of absorb the images. And if there is some emotion there, it's like, oh, wow, I did capture that in this image. Yeah. And there's been such like an uptrend in technical ability and like production value. I've I've found just like as gear has gotten more accessible and more people have gotten into it, it's like everybody's just trying to be like hyper produced, you know, but it's like I'm getting really excited because the photos and the videos that are starting to bubble up are the ones that are like, Maybe more less creative. technically like amazing, and they're just more interesting, like from a they tell like a, a piece of content narrative. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! There, you, there's maybe more soul, yeah, and heart mm-hmm. in them, and that, yeah, ultimately that's what I'm shooting for. But it's not—I mean, that's not easy to get. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody listening, like, go check out Nick Price Photography on Instagram because uh, your images are incredible. Your travel ones are awesome. I think the humanity, like, you're right, capture that beautifully. Uh, Really nice stuff, man. I love it. Storytelling. Yeah, well, thank I mean, you. St- storytelling in a, in, a, in a photograph is incredibly hard. How do you tell? How do you tell the viewers that this is what's happening in one in one shot? And I think maybe your writing uh, background probably helped with that. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't. So a son, my older son, just got back from three months in Chile. I said, "Did you take any pictures?" He said, "Not really." And I said, "What do you mean, not really?" So he had about I don't know if they're eighty iPhone shots, and he started mm-hmm. showing me a few of the images. The ones that got me, and he said they're terrible, number one, so I'm not trying to tout him as a photographer, but (laughs) some Chilean on a bus, you can't see his or her face. You see the hands. Mm -hmm. Then you see the background of the mountains and the hands and the gray clothes. I go, I know that person lives in Chile. I can tell the Mm -hmm. gender by the hands. I can get a rough estimate to the age of that person by the hands. I love the mystery that I couldn't see him. And then the mountains. Then you Mm -hmm. see the dirt road. Then you're in kind of, it's not a dilapidated bus, but a, not a great bus. Mm. And to me, mm. it's like, Will, you just captured that story without even thinking about <laughs> it. 
So, yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting point too. Like so many pictures are being taken nowadays with cell phones and stuff like that. Like there's gotta be like every once in a while you see a bang in iPhone photo and you're just like, that was such an awesome mistake, you know? Yeah. Right. It's a kind of a, a funny thing too. But uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I mean, in the era of likes, the image I'm talking about of his is not going to garner mm-hmm. a lot of likes, but I certainly liked it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah cool. I mean, that's another good point. Yeah. We, we mm-hmm. you know, we'll post photos from some of our favorite photographers, you know, most recently, you know, we shot with our buddy, Joel. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they do pretty well. And then I'll post a picture of like, Mitch with a coffee in his hand on our Instagram, and it's like 200 <laughs> likes. You're like, what? What? Why? <laughs> How? Yeah, like, what the fuck? It's what just Mitch fuck? like this with a fly right. rod that in his hand. <laughs> and you're like, behind no the sense. scenes or seeing yeah. who you get. So maybe that's more story, though. Yeah, exactly. Who you guys really maybe. are. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I think we're interested in that as, as humans <laughs> consuming yeah. media. Yeah. <clears throat> True. Do you find yourself over the years, and maybe it's a kind of a tough question to answer, but grabbing the camera more or the rod more going out and fishing? Oh, for trips. sure. I mean, that's an easy answer now, but it wasn't seven, right. eight, nine years ago. I mean, it's the camera now for sure. Yeah. Right. And I've been lucky. I about five years, occasionally I've written pieces for magazines too. And about, I don't know if it was five years ago, six years ago, I just shot an email to the kind of the grandfather of fly fishing photography, Val Atkinson. I said, hey, can I come down and meet you, do a story on you? We've kind of hit it off since then. He's become a mentor of mine. And he always said, Nick, you just can't do everything at once. You can't fish and shoot at once. And mm-hmm. so that really yeah. stayed with me. Because I guess you could, but as far as my mindset, I'm just happy shooting. How about that? Plus, my mindset is on shooting at that point. Yeah. Right. And so, like, because it's become more of a job, that that hasn't like that hasn't gotten more. It hasn't deterred you from it. Like you 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 still like it hasn't gotten in the way of fly fishing. Photography is still very no. Much it's enhanced it. it. If anything, I mean, I've been lucky as a guide to have that income. So if right. if it was only at especially to start photography, yeah, I'd probably would have been shooting things I didn't want to photograph. And then that's yeah. become that that's where it might you just put your chin down, and go, I'll grin and bear it. I'll do the shoot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and photograph things you might ordinarily not want to. So do you have like an agenda laid out right now? Like, do you have some like steps that you want to, like goals you're looking forward to or things you're trying to hit? Like what is the kind of like future of your photography game? Or is it just kind of like roll with the punches? Well, it's probably a combination of both. I mean, I'm, co- every, I'm constantly learning, editing. If I'm not shooting every day, it's editing. So it's kind of a great photographer calls that visual push-ups. And yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Jay Mizell in New York said that. Uh, so I think it's like the analogy of going to the gym. Maybe some people have a goal of getting a bicep so big. I, I mean, I'm not a gym rat. So to parlay that into my ph- photography, no, I, I don't really have those goals other than I'm nonstop. And yeah. as far as the learning, the shooting, kind of learning yeah. more about post, you name it. Right now, you mentioned you want to shoot more travel as well. Like, does that exotic destinations or is that like like if you had one place you could go and shoot travel, someone's like, here's a check, go do this gig. Where would that be? Well, I mean, the easy answer that's kind of a cop out is somewhere new to me. I love places I haven't been. And it's also not a cop out because I love being a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And then being in big groups who are with me, I don't like. That way I can just, yeah. fly. I don't mind if I'm in a big group of people I don't know, 
but I like to just flow around. An example of a place I really want to go to is Oman soon, both for the oh, fly fishing yeah. Yeah. yeah, and culture, you name it. So, the but the list is sure. big. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a, it's kind of impossible to ever finish that list. What, looking back on uh, your photography, what, what has been some of your standout images? Like some images you just look at and you're like, wow, like I can't believe I shot that. <laughs> like, do you ever have those moments? Well, it's funny. I met with another local photographer. She's a great, she's a national geo photographer. She lives locally now and her name's Jody McDonald. We were having coffee the other morning and I think we were talking about older images and I just, I, I was saying, essentially it's hard for me to like a lot of them. I kind of move on. I shoot them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I give myself a pat on the back. It's like, wow, cool. I, I liked it when I took it. Mm. But looking back now, it's not like, wow. that's So that's, I think, also the drive that keeps me to want to propel myself to get stronger. I'm not even going to use the word better. And that stronger yeah. image would have that kind of emotion in it. Yeah. Yeah. But looking yeah. back, I mean, there are definitely moments. There's, I mean, I could go off tangent a little bit and... Please. One of my first, actually, it was my first cover. I did what is a faux pas. I had forgotten. I did a simultaneous submission and forgot about it. So oh. the time Catch Magazine and the Fly Fish Journal, I'd sent the same images. And editor of one of them called me up after both went to press because I'm ecstatic. You know, I have two covers. This is early on. Yeah. And read me the riot act, but I got really oh, lucky that they both chose different images. images. <laughs> They're published at the same time. And it was a huge learning point. And my point to this editor who, you know, I really respect and admire to, to this day was mm -hmm. I thought I sucked. I was just sending them mm -hmm. in and maybe someone would pick an image and mm -hmm. never expected this. So it was right. definitely, it was a learning point for me. It's like, okay, I need to take some of these things I learned in the fiction world no simultaneous right. submissions <laughs> seriously yeah, yeah 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 so that so you mean you submitted two photos so no i submitted and... let's say 10 images to one magazine 10 images to another gotcha each okay. editor chose one as their respective cover oh at the God. same right, time right, right, right. but they happen to be different <laughs> but can you imagine if they had picked the same photo yeah. How, well yeah. kind of amazing that would be in <laughs> retrospect <laughs> i don't know that it's ever happened I mean... and I... <laughs> I don't want to, that person to be me. <laughs> well, it's a good lesson to learn, right? Early on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, but early you know, on, were there other, yeah, I, yeah. you're so gung ho. And I think you still have to be where I am yeah. that you just start sending stuff off. And you don't think about the ramifications. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. It was a good <laughs> learning point. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's a great answer too. like looking forward, you know, looking ahead versus looking back at photography. I mean, do you find do you find, because you, you mentioned you were talking with a Nat Geo photographer about that, like, w was she in the similar mindset? Like, don't don't really look back on your old work. It's just more about constantly looking for the next image. Well, I don't think there was, there was no lesson. She wasn't saying what to do at that point. I was just saying how yeah. I felt right, and then yeah. seeing her response. And she said, I totally mm -hmm. agree to that. It's, mm -hmm. As far as older shots, it's like, no, I'm ready for the next new whatever it is that I can do. And yeah. to me, again, I know I'm being repetitive now. It's like how to have that image really stop someone, even if it's 10 out of yeah. a thousand people like, wow, yeah. that, what is it here? That's that's doing that's that made yeah. that person to stop the scroll or if it's in a magazine or an ad, just not just stop what they're doing. Yeah. And I don't have an answer, but that's what I'm shooting for. No, I love that. That yeah. makes a ton of sense. Yeah. 
how do you get inspired when you're out on the water? You know, like, do you ever get into moments like just walls, roadblocks where you're like, you know, you're just kind of like, uh, just, you're not feeling it or on the or photography or of, both ends. You mean just fishing? I think I mean the on road. the photography, on the photography, well, yeah, like but, do you ever hit those moments? Yeah, of course. Hit them all the time. An, an example would be, but I know this about myself. One of the first things I started shooting on, we have a spring Creek called silver Creek. It's this great spring Creek. We have wow. tons of bugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing macro shots. Right. And I'm kind of bored with it right now. Mm-hmm. So, but I know that about myself where, gosh, if I go down there to try and get a shot, don't worry if it doesn't happen. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal for me. It's not the shot I want to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I put pressure on myself, especially locally. Like I have this day to go try and do this and then it doesn't happen mm-hmm. for right. a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. The person I want to shoot can't go or maybe the weather stops a hatch, whatever it is. But yeah. yeah. So there's small hiccups that I think I've just learned to know not every day is the day to get X, Y, or Z. Yeah. 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 So what about in regards to fly fishing then, you know, that's, that's an interesting uh, question as well. Well, the beauty is like, for example, I have a local, I have a river. No one can really see me. I could be, I could walk to (laughs) within five minutes of where I'm sitting and I guide. It's called the Bigwood river, great river. But it's not a river I want to go fish every day myself. Yeah. But with photography, right. if the weather's right and we get this huge storm and there's snow everywhere, yeah, I want to go shoot okay. it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And so I love that it's in my backyard. Just don't always need to go catch the fish that are there. Right. Right. It's just seizing opportunities, right? Like just being able to recognize them and capitalize on them when, when Absolutely. They yeah. So, yeah, the winter days are beautiful, especially after a storm or like a green dray catch in June. I love. So... Are you, I guess, uh, so I guess it's a year round. So our seasons here, we, we basically get spring, summer, and a little bit of fall, like for our trout season. Is is your trout season mm-hmm. all year round? Are you guiding in the winter as well? Obviously, maybe less days, but. Yeah. So April and May are the two months where a lot of our rivers are legally closed, except okay. for one, the Big Lost River. So that, those two months would be the slower months, but I'm not, I used to guide a lot in the winter and I've pretty much knocked 98% of that off. Okay. Just so as kind of photography time. Right. right yeah. On, but right no, on. you could guide now. You could guide, I mean, December over the holidays, if, if it's warm enough. Days under 20 degrees, the fly line turns into this bead chain. I mean, as the high, not as the low temp. Yes, Fahrenheit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. kind of a pain. So anything above 22, 24 degrees is... Is pretty doable. Yeah, freezing <clears throat> freezing guides is never fun. No, I mean that's part of it. But when the line <laughs> gets caked and it's like yeah, yeah. it's like ca- yeah, yeah, casting electric yeah. telephone wire. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess do you do you, like talking about seasons? Like, do you have specific seasons, or or would you like some photographers like shooting salt, some like shooting you know fresh, like some do both. Like, how how do you feel about it? What's your preference when it comes to season or place to to shoot? Yeah, well, season. I'm not. It's funny, winter's more of a bear for me now, like our season yeah. right here, even though when we have snow, I love it. But as far as photography goes, I, I love salt and fresh. Like I have a trip coming up yeah. to Chile and Argentina. That's going to be freshwater and trout, and it's stunning. It's beautiful. But I also love salt water. Even though I grew up on the ocean, saltwater trips are more foreign to me now, and I yes, love it. Yeah. So I eat them both up. And I think because also really liking to participate around <clears throat> the culture. And all those places. Los Locos. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Los> yeah, <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> yeah, or wherever Mar- it is. Yeah. yeah. 
How do you? How did you? Prepare, so you're heading. How did you prepare for that Marlin trip? Like, well, I, I've been I, lucky. Like I, 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 I mean, think that you've shot before, but yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I did a story on it in the Drake magazine two or three mm -hmm. years ago. Again, I'm not great with dates, so I had done it. Uh, the biggest preparation was getting the water with the Marlin and the bait balls. If you've never done it, it's absolutely sublime. I, so I'm talking I about actually, free diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, Joe sent me some of those photos, and I was like, two things need to happen in my life. One, I need to buy an <laughs> yeah, underwater yeah. housing. Two, I need to get my scuba. Yeah. Mitch has been Mitch has, has a scuba license, and he keeps bugging awesome. me. Awesome. We're we're, uh, we're Aldo it. and I are going next year. We're going to go next year. But together. anyway, all that scuba diving, you mean? Yeah, well, we, I... we're trying to get certified Sorry. here. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. 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 You should. Because then we can do stuff like you just said, jumping in the water with Marlin and bait balls to get these underwater shots. <laughs> yeah, that's where, I was, that's where I was you getting. You can dive, just free dive. Oh, just free awesome. diving, right? Yeah. Having awesome. a weight belt helps if your camera's buoyant, but other than that, you right. don't need tanks. So we're going with that's that. You guys should do That's a ridiculous experience, man. That is a crazy, like, that's what is that? What is that like? Like, what is that's got to be such a rush? Well, yeah, the first time I did it was only three, four years ago, and it, I'd say it was sublime. I mean, you're out in the blue water, meaning you're not really close to land. I think at the time we were 20 miles outside of these barrier islands, so maybe mm -hmm. 35 miles away from where we put off. And I was the only guy with gear, like, you know, snorkel, mask, fins. And yeah. the captain said, Hop in here. And it's like, What? It's like, it's kind of like jumping out of an airplane. It's like hop in here totally. and you do it because from the boat, it's not always easy, especially if there's wind to see the bait ball, but fish are going by quickly mm -hmm. and they're lit up right. in this neon blue and you just go, oh my gosh. So, I mean, right away you just go, I hope I don't get hit when I jump in. So you, you hop in and all of a sudden the world to me slowed down. It's this sublime, right. it's hmm. mainly it's quiet. The speed, the rush of being on the surface is kind of gone, and it's kind of it's wow. I mean, there are points yeah, when you much... want to get out of the water when it's no longer super safe. An example would be when the bait ball—it's kind of counterintuitive—gets really, really small. Typically, the mornings yeah. the bait balls are huge. The marlin push the bait from depth up to the surface, and they yeah. work on it that's over the course insane. of the day with sea lions, sometimes sharks, but mainly sea lions wow. and marlin. Sometimes sailfish, dorado, wahoo, but. In any event, they'll work on it over the course of the day. Hmm. And as it gets smaller, it, usually so it's sea lions that'll break the bait ball up. That's when you okay. don't want to be in the water. If it's a small ball, the fish have dispersed. Every marlin is going a million miles an hour every direction. And they don't want to hit you, but it could happen at that point. So you just need wow. to recognize wow. before that happens, okay, time to get out of the water. Time to get out. Yeah. Wow. And, and so by a bait ball, you obviously mean like a big school, like cloud of fish. You, yeah, bait usually fish. it's small. Well, when I say small, bigger fish would be a mackerel that might be 13 inches. That'd be a bigger right. one. Okay. And then really, sometimes the sardines are four, maybe four inches, mm -hmm. five inches on the smaller mm -hmm. side. Maybe three. Jeez. Yeah, but hundreds right. of thousands of them just spinning around. And they would call it a static bait ball. So that's when the bait ball is surrounded by predators, sea lions, marlin, mm -hmm. and it's not really moving fast. And there are birds over them. So to find them, you see these birds, and the lower the birds right. are, it's like, there they are, bring it on. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't, so I don't envy being a, an anchovy. No. <laughs> yeah, or no sardine. <laughs> it's like everything on yeah. everything is just everything is just killing You're me. just getting torqued by birds <laughs> and fish, and there's a guy for photographing you. You're like, ah! Yeah, that was that was kind of where I was going. It was like, uh, yeah, I saw those images and I was like, it was. Well, I gotta say, Nick, it was inspiring. I was like, I want to, you know, 
hopefully one day in my life get to do that. Well, we should do it. Yeah. I mean, it is for me being underwater now, even though I don't dive really is sublime. Mm -hmm. It's this Mm. place I would definitely want to spend more time. Like I was able to, I know this is moving on, free dive with a bunch of sharks in Cuba in May. And it was, saw those photos. it was on my list and we, and I ended up doing it every day. And the experience was incredible, kind of akin to this Marlin thing. It's yeah. So there's obviously a rush to catching a fish and holding a fish out of the water, but like talking about just hanging out with fish in their habitat, like, is that something you're kind of more drawn to now? Like, oh, could you see yourself more getting to. more? Absolutely. Yeah. I've been lucky now to have caught a bunch of fish and I love it. Don't get me wrong. And there's, mm, yeah. but I'd much rather be in the water yeah. sharing it, hopefully yeah. protecting some of these places like Mag yes. Bay, the shark over shark fishing is, is terrible. Yeah. And when I say over, I mean, people, little villages killing thousands and thousands of sharks just for fins. Not that we need to go down that road. So yeah, like I no, said, I mean, hey. go ahead. No, no, it's got, I mean, yeah, it's good to talk about, you know, and, and I think it is really interesting, like getting to swim with the fish instead of, instead of the fishing part, you know, like there's something cool about it. I mean, I've never done the salt stuff. It sounds insanely amazing. <laughs> it is insanely amazing. But a summer ago, I also got into this local river that's right down the street here and I'd get into the pools yeah. when it was warm without a wetsuit with my housing and just yeah. hold on to something on the bottom and photograph. It was awesome. So did, are the, cool. how do these trout react to you when you're in the water? What do they do? Yeah. If you stir up the bottom, do they go away? Do they come closer? Uh, yeah. All that well, stuff. Were they hanging out with you, like the little trout? Yeah, or, I already knew yeah. that would kind of happen because I grew up doing that in the Middle Fork of the Salmon, too. I'd get oh, the okay. river, swim around, <laughs> and i go, when you kick up the bottom, all these bugs, nymphs, kind of, right. it's like a, uh, this chum line that makes yeah. the fish just start eating. You're like their best nuts. friend. They're like, yeah. oh, this guy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> It's like exactly. when permit follow, so cool. uh, when permit follow is a, a ray. Oh, the ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and there's something called the San Juan Shuffle. I don't know if you've heard of that too. Mm-hmm. Where fishermen stir up the bottom on purpose in hopes to bring right. the fish in. Yeah. But Got it. The San same Juan kind of thing. Shuffle. Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's cool. cool. Man, like that's being great. immersed in their, their environment, you know, it's like it adds a whole other yeah. layer to, um, well, your eye, really. And the way yeah, well, and kind your perspective. Of. It, 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 it affords perspective, right? Yeah, I think you learn more about the whole fishery, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've caught so many fish out of this river that I, it's down the street that, yeah, I'm far more motivated to go hop in, see what they're doing. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah, and you, see, and you see the fish together, which is always a weird, I've always found that to be weird to see, like, you know, uh, speaking of freshwater, seeing like a big pike swimming next to like a little bass and they're just hanging out. And it's like, shouldn't you be eating that? Yeah. It's uh-huh. full of fish. <laughs> he or she is full. <laughs> they're all just hanging out. It's such a weird, you're like, oh yeah, like this ecosystem that exists beneath the surface is like, I, I actually don't really understand it. You know, like once you are in it, you're like, oh, this is like totally different from what I thought. Well, a lot of us don't. And I think that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things about, I'm going to go to a kid's book real quick. Dr. Seuss. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's called McGilligot's Pool. I don't know if you guys have seen it, read it, read it to your kids. But no, the first no. line, the first page of this book is a kid with a, you know, like a stick with some line on it, sitting on an upside down bucket next to a puddle. And I'm talking about a puddle yeah. that's maybe three feet wide, mm. holding it, hoping to catch a fish. And this farmer comes by and says, young man, you're sort of a fool to be fishing McGilligot's McGillig- mm-hmm. Pool. And the concept is... 
that the kid's imagination was so big, never strip mm-hmm. the imagination from that kid. Who cares if there are no fish in that pool? He, the kid mm-hmm. thought there were, and that's what's impor- mm-hmm. important there. It's true. Yeah, that is kind of a cool way to think about, you know, like, do you, th- do you there is like a, there's like a mystery in below the, what's below yeah. the surface. And I think that's always what I think a lot of people are drawn to fishing because of that, you know, like mm-hmm. what's down there, what can happen? Like, it's such a cool I'm, cool thing. I'm like right on his permit shot. Speaking of down there, and I I, I rarely see such a beautiful underwater permit shot. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, sorry, sorry to like segue here, but you were just talking about that. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah underwater amazing. shots are are cool. And on that end, it's kind of nice that a lot of the industry is now not publishing quite as many above the water shots. Yeah, it's kind of moving. Yeah, conversationally a little. That's bit, true. But. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, in like how how our you know, you know how can you capture more uh, hmm. ethically. ethically? You know, I mean, with the whole keep fish wet movement, it's like, well, how do you like why pose for why pose at all? Like, just 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 that's that's what I always think about. Like when we shoot, you know, when we're shooting motion anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I find when people like presented to the camera it breaks a fourth wall in a bad way for me anyway it's like well you wouldn't do that if you were on the river alone so why are you doing that with this camera around you know and yeah. uh mm-hmm. and and what, what am i what's my point here i guess my well, point just is naturally holding a fish i think i know where you're going but go ahead i think i think i'm going like uh, sorry the original thought was was more like yeah how like to your point how do we capture or uh fish not only not staging it, but also so that the fish are like alive <laughs> at the end of the, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, like if we're going to be, you know, like, and then shooting them in the water, obviously yeah. is the best version of that. Absolutely. Ethically, yeah. I think Mitch just said, but also in a way that you <clears throat> might do it more, less like a trophy. How about that? Holding it with respect, right. mm-hmm. caring yes. for it, hoping it survives the next moment, hoping it has a great next yeah. winter. Truly, it's like yep. I feel grateful, yep. even if it's not the biggest fish or the prettiest fish. That's a really cool point that we're That's, hitting on. Like, yeah. do you, is that part of your shooting? Like, do you you're trying to shoot that way? Because a lot of like, I mean, we speak to people sometimes that are like, yeah, like we we stage it as much as we can to get that best framing of the fish, but it might not be good for the fish. Oh, and it's like, it. eh, yeah. is that you know, well, is that I, worth it? So yeah, that might go back to my documentary. Like underwater, right. I've had so yeah. many chances and I've screwed up 99% of them, but you learn mm-hmm. when the person releases the fish, do I want to shoot into the sun? And so that's my option. Right. It's all happening right then and there. They're going to let the fish go within seconds. Where do I want to yep. stand? Mm-hmm. So I might mm-hmm. tell them in the ocean, if you don't mind, it's actually probably better for the fish, walk with the fish. So we get into clear yep. water. The fish is underwater. I choose on what side to stand on this person, and boom, it happens just like that. And if I screw up, well, that's on me, and I need to <laughs> kind yeah. of improve yeah. for the yeah. next time. Yeah, I like that. And there learn. are a few little things you can do, right? But it is like, yeah, you're still always like, if I didn't get it, I didn't get it. Well, I love right. shooting into the sun underwater. So the person yeah, holding the yeah, fish, cool. I'll just say, no, I'm trying to do this. Don't You just naturally hold this thing as though you mm-hmm. would normally do, do it. Thing. I'm on this side of you, and... Yeah, we're yeah. going to go from yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, the marlin thing's a little different just because they're so big. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel a little guilty when they're caught. I mean, they're exhausted. But some of these techniques these days, as far as playing fish from the hip, a lot like uh, big tarpon, yeah. and getting them in quicker. 
you can yeah. see the color on the fish that are caught that it's the color's just still there i've seen some okay, pink cool. on tarpon i've seen some pink and some trouty kind of colors on tarpon before but yeah it doesn't just... surprise me <laughs> yeah one just... thing you <laughs> <laughs> you probably the, would be surprised the... to know oh go yeah. ahead yeah, yeah go for it <laughs> no i was gonna say i'm deadly deadly colorblind so oh, i don't really, really? on the pink thing i wouldn't even know wouldn't even know where yeah. to start on that one. It's funny. One Amazing. of one of my uh, one of the photographers we work with, uh, Idas, he's got some color co- color blindness too, and he takes some of the best photos. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it's really a, too much of hardship. It is a post. You should ask him about that. Yeah, editing. It's the editing. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. editing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's where I suffer. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're doing a great job. Um. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Again, everybody listening, check out Nick Price Photography. Um, okay, Nick, uh, we do something at the end of the show with every guest, and it's called Mitchie's Fishies 5. Yep. Uh, and it's just five more questions, kind of just general, broad fly fishing questions. Um, so we'll ask you those right now. Uh, so the first of Mitchie's Fishies 5 is, what is your favorite fish and why? If you had to pick a favorite fish, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm going to give you three quick answers. One is okay. one I've never, I love new. Okay. So yeah. maybe a GT. I've never caught a GT. Mm. So, oh, yeah, but is that yeah. my favorite fish? I don't know. But so I'm going to go with mm-hmm. new. And then in freshwater brown trout and yeah. the places they live, like I'm obsessed with the South Island of New Zealand. I could go back there over and over and over again. Clear water, oh, yeah. the strength, how smart they are, the way they look. So on that, and then I'd say in the ocean, salt, I love rooster fish. Perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, the sport, the oh, yeah. perfect. Badass steroid sport fish, especially from the beach. Mohawk. They are not yeah. easy. <laughs> What's that? Oh, the mohawk. Yeah. Mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> God, rooster fish are cool. It's like my number one thing I want to catch right now. They're so cool looking. Oh, they're rat. And they're, yeah, they're just steroided up. I think they're really smart. And they'll turn yeah. away on a fly at the last second. And I think they can hear well, you know, if you're screaming from the yeah. beach. Anyway, there's, I think it's a fun fish. And the places you find them are really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great answer. Yeah, hey, fresh and salt. If you had to pick between fresh and salt, like let's say you could only fish one of these fish the rest of your life, is it browns or is it roosters? Ooh, good question. I'm thinking about the places they live, by the way, more than the fish (laughs) themselves. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, I live with brown trout, so I might, I don't know, that's a hard one. Yeah. I'm not ready (laughs) to move. How about that? Even though I love rooster fish, I'll stick with browns. (laughs) All right, we won't, yeah, that's a good one. Browns are, you know, you can always... Always love a good brown. Yeah. Okay, number two is if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, assuming it's the best time of year to go there, like peak season, where would you go and why would you go there? Yeah, well, then I'll just go. I think I alluded to it earlier because I'm into places <laughs> I've never been. And Oman's on my list. I was actually trying to get there this December. So cool. It didn't happen. So yeah, I think, that, yeah, I would go with that, even though there are a lot awesome. on that list. And that's what's cool. I think culturally, in addition, yeah. it's the permit fishing. <clears throat> Excuse me. The yeah, permit yeah. fishing, that would be the draw. Two species of permit. I'm more excited mm-hmm. about getting them off the beach. And then mm-hmm. visiting Bedouin villages and taking images and dirt roads and yeah. the whole experience. Yeah, the souks. Do they cool. have souks there? Uh, I mean, yeah. Is that what they call it? The markets? They call it souks? Yeah, the market. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I don't know if they're in smaller towns. They've got to be in smaller towns. I don't know yeah. what point you stop seeing them, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. That'll be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'd be a. A heck of a destination. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, number three is what's one of your best or favorite fishing memories from over the years? Like something that just stands out in your mind as 
Oh, I'm so happy that moment happened, you know? Yeah, I've actually never been asked that. Like a fishing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've got so many. It's such a it's such a broad, tough thing to answer because, as anglers, you know, yeah, we're constantly yeah. chasing the next one. But no, I'm trying yeah, to give you a good even... answer, not just come up with any yeah. old answer. Um, <laughs> yes. Wonder if you. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many good ones. I mean, I mm -hmm. could think I could go. We could have this conversation for hours, especially as a guide, from silly moments to yeah. <laughs> really meaningful. Yeah, a trip to Cuba. I don't know how much time we have, but I'm just now it just came yeah. to me. This trip to Cuba I was on in May. Every time I went free dove mm -hmm. with dive or with sharks after fishing, we'd go flats fishing for the day. We we're on a live aboard, mm -hmm. live aboard yacht, and the skiffs would take off and fish. We'd come in after fishing at like say 4:30 p.m. The captain of the boat, who's been diving this Jardines de la Reina area for 25 years said, Nick, do you want to go yeah. free dive? I'd say, yes, we happen to have a doctor on board, a Cuban doctor who was there because of COVID reasons. He was he's super sweet, incredible human. He kept going with me and the captain. None of the guys in my crew, they actually by day three, some of the guys in my crew wanted to go. Doesn't matter, the doctor yeah. started coming. He got in the water on day three and he just wigged out. He was a little scared, but he just said, this is insane. <laughs> Yeah. So coming back after day three, that he's kind of in tears on her liverboard yacht. And, you know, this is a doctor. He's a grown man. He's 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And he's up in the helm where the cat, we're moored, so the boat's not moving. And he's kind of crying. Yeah. And he doesn't speak a lot of English. And my Spanish is kindergarten at best. And I yeah. kind of go, well, you know, why are you upset? And he goes, well, my phone was in my pocket when I went in the water. Oh. And you, all the five of us, four, or four of us are thinking, oh, I just ruined a phone. It's going to cost me yeah. 300 bucks. And I went, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Phone to this guy. Mm -hmm. He said, Doc, what do you True. make a month? I already thought I knew the answer. And he said, $30 a month. I said, yes. what's it cost you to replace this phone in Cuba? And he said, forget it, it was four or $500. And I, you know, do the math quickly. A year at his salary is 360 Yeah. And... He's just, he, he needs it for work. He gets paid, yeah. whatever. And he's yeah. just, and he's kind of, he's in a terrible way. So I just go, doc, hang on. I go talk to a few <laughs> guys in my group. Within five minutes, we have the money for him. And we yeah. hand over the, what, let's say it's $400. And we go, go get yeah. yourself a new phone. And he broke down. He couldn't believe it. Wow. The generosity. Right. So I think it, in addition yeah. to hitting home to me on, Jeez people who have such big hearts with nothing. It also really hit home to the other guys in my group. I think there are nine of them, one of me. So all these other guys are going, this doctor really does make $30 a month. It's not just like a myth or a newspaper. Yeah, no. You're standing with this guy who has the same with the guide. So now you're seeing it. Yeah, yeah. So that would be one, but it was really, I mean, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That's amazing. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I guess that's a big part of, you know, what you do. It's so cool to be able to have these experiences with, like you said earlier, with just people, you know? Yeah, and a small continuation, I'll keep it short, is the following no, no. day, he really, this doctor hit it off with us. And he yeah. in, in the skiff going out to the sharks, he said, Nick, to the captain, kind of, we're doing Spanish, bad English, whatever. We want yeah. to play a joke on your crew. So I said, yeah. okay, what what do you want to do? Like, what <laughs> what are you thinking? He said, well... Yeah. I have all this fake blood, this cleaning solution. If someone gets, you know, really, really cut up, and I have a lot of gauze, yeah. I have a lot of suit, or what, all these bandages. Yeah. And we're going to pretend as though you were hit by a shark when we come in. 
And so <laughs> they peppered the bow of the boat of the skiff with blood. They bandaged my leg up and they radioed in. The, the two people on our board, on board the liveaboard knew it was a prank, but I came in yeah. hot with fake blood and everything. And he, the doctor just <laughs> fell down laughing and it was fun for him. <laughs> That's anyway, wicked. Yeah. I love that. Wow. I love that. Man, what an eventful trip. There's so many things happening on that trip. It sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. You got to just let it all go and have fun, I think. Totally. No doubt. Yeah. Um, okay, number four, Mitchie's Fishies 5, is why do you fly fish? We kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, what, what is it about fly fishing that, that keeps you going out? Yeah. Well, I'm going to answer my answer now rather than what I did then. And yeah, yeah. I think it's, I call it present tense syndrome. And for me, fly fishing now, I could be with someone. So if I'm the photographer with the camera, I'm fly fishing if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'm counting that mm -hmm. as fishing. Like mm -hmm. this trip to Magdalena Bay. I have the camera, but we're out there marlin fishing. I'm not thinking about anything yeah. else. So the combination of present tense syndrome and where you are. I mean, in these rad mm -hmm. places. I mean, it could be my backyard, Bigwood River, mm -hmm. Silver Creek, or in this case, Pacific Ocean in Mexico, Cuba, wherever. Mm -hmm. Not thinking about worries or... Unless it's, it parlays into what we're doing. At to the, the time. fishing. Yeah. 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 So present tense. Yeah, that's great. I like that present tense syndrome. Yeah. You're just like locked into the moment. You know, you can't do anything else. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Love that. It's great. Yeah. Yes, you can. It's a choice. It's kind of like meditation. Yeah. You can choose to yeah. do whatever in your mind. And yeah, exactly. it's totally. healthy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Absolutely is. Especially for people that are constantly thinking about, you know, you mentioned ADD earlier, people that are constantly thinking about other things, you know, it's such a great way to kind of like uh, just check out and just like meditate. You're right. Yeah. So it's not the race to catch the fish. The fish is the bonus. Yeah. And once you hit that mindset, probably easier said than done. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. like you're there. Yeah. yeah. Easier said yeah. than done. Yeah. I, remember, I still remember Tulum with Aldo and that, that, you know, like if I didn't relax and just have a, you know, and just was in the moment, I don't think I would have caught any fish. I'd be too concerned, yeah. you know, so, yeah. even though there was well, a plethora first, of fish. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think early on, everyone wants to just catch them all because it's that imagination that there's more than just an infinite yeah. number of fish out there. Yeah. Not the case, totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Number five, Mitch's Fishies five is uh, what fly pattern represents you best and why? Like if you were a fly what would you be? Oh, I'm just on the simple when it comes. So fly tying, a lot of my friends who travel with me know that I don't get yeah. caught up in p crazy patterns, even though as a guide, I like having these flies that I think work. So I'm more on the functional and I love parachute atoms. I love dry flies. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I love it. It's a hot topic these nice. days. Parachute atoms. That's, that's Mitch's answer, <laughs> but non-parachute. It's Mitch's. Yeah. Wait, say that again? Yeah, I, my, my answer was just a, just a regular atoms, non-parachute. Oh, wow. But, <clears throat> yeah, that's funny. Nice. That's cool, so we're man. close. I dig it. Yeah. Very. Yeah. You're more, even more traditional than me. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> yeah. That's Mitch. So yeah, Mitch is, is like bamboo rods, a cigar, vests. and a vest. <laughs> nice. I probably would fish a parachute out of more, though. I mean, you know, I love good parachute. Um, great answer, man. I love it. Nick, thanks so much for coming on, man. Like, honestly, it's been super fun chatting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thanks it, for having I me. Mean, yeah. I mean, we could so talk for days. Like, you've got so many friggin' cool stories and. You know, I mean, hey, maybe we should do this again sometime. But uh, but live would be awesome to uh, to get together in person, and do a show, no, that maybe someplace be, crazy. That would be awesome. Yeah, go free diving with yeah. Marlin somewhere. <laughs> totally, oh, that'd maybe be sweet, try and catch man. a few. <laughs> yeah, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nick, this is the part of the show where you—it's just shameful plug. 
time, where can people find your photography? How can people find you? How can people book you as a guide? Yeah, well, so answering kind of backward. Well, actually, we'll go from the beginning. So just nickpricephotography.com is my website. I really use, I think Instagram's really the main social I use, Nick Price Photographies. Mm -hmm. And then they can find me as a guide there too. So on my website, oh, I have my phone number, uh, emails there, you name it. Yeah. So those awesome. two platforms perfect. really are what I use. Yeah, we'll put those uh, we'll put those both in the show notes as well. So check those out if you're looking for the links. But uh, yeah, Nick, thanks again, man, for coming on. Yeah, it's been awesome. fun. I always love talking. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination fly fishermen with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tight-line stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more. That's flyfishinginternational.com. Wow, Nick is such a cool dude. Yeah, he really is. He has so many, so many stories, and like, man, we could talk for like three hours. I mean, definitely got to do another show with him. What do you think about that, Aldo? I think it's great. Sorry, I got something in my. Oh, head. I'm not Aldo. <laughs> Aldo's oh, sleepy. That's how much he been, enjoyed it. Aldo's sleepy because he's been working at uh, Sip and Santa in Toronto, uh, uh, pop up tropical bar. Yep. How's it going? You must be exhausted. Um, it's good. Uh, it's good. We're, we're recording this on December 18th. Uh, yeah. this is coming out on New Year's again. Happy New Year's. Everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy everybody New had Year. Good, hope everybody had a good New Year. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, we are on pay. It's a chair. The, the proceeds all go to charity and I think we're going to be able to donate almost like 30 K. That's awesome. To oh, a wow. local That's amazing. Shelter, which is pretty cool. But yeah, you're right. I do get home at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. So I'm a little yeah, sleepy. I'm a little. Was sleepy. it a busy night last night down there? At it Sippin? was. Um, for yeah. everybody in Ontario, yesterday we some more restrictions. Yeah. Were <laughs> announced and they don't go into effect until tomorrow, being Sunday, December nineteenth. And I think it's like everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Mm. Yeah. I better go party now because I'm in two days. I'm not gonna be able to party. Gonna party. Yeah, so yeah, last night was a party. <laughs> yeah, jeez, eh? Yeah. Well, everybody, yeah. Happy New Year, you know, where we <laughs> hit it on the... Happy New Year, everybody out there. <laughs> yeah, speaking hey, of those restrictions, we, I better go to Drift, like, land. now. <laughs> yeah, you got to slide down to Drift. Get some. What, yeah. are you gonna, what are you going to Drift? What are you getting, Yelma? I'm going to get some pink clousers, and... Um, yeah, I was going to get a carrying case, but I think Aldo will do okay, me the favor okay. to carry my rods on the flight, on his case. We're taking different flights, you idiot. I know, but we're meeting <laughs> at the same place, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I got to talk a, to get him. Get a rod case. Get a rod case. I spend the money. I've been doing really good you, soon. You also only need to bring one rod. I, That's I true. Was gonna, but I wanted to bring Mitch's, Mitch's uh, eight or somebody's You want to take one of my two. rods. What if I break my eight? Is this how well, you ask you me? Well, yeah, yeah, but then what I if I break that rod? one? I'm not lending you my rod if you're worried about breaking it. What is going on? <laughs> no way. I, uh, no, no way, We'll Jose. talk all day. We'll talk. We'll talk. We're talking right now. You just have to bring one rod. <laughs> yeah, but we're on here. How many rods are you bringing? Seven. I'll probably bring Although one. never leaves home without seven rods. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's I'm true. probably going to bring seven rods. I don't know. All 15 weight, 23 foot. Yeah. Mitch, can I borrow one of your eight weights? Is that okay? Oh, my God. 
I don't know. You can take my loop one if you want. Take the booster. Yeah. Take my loop booster. Yeah, I, I love the booster. No? Okay. Well, it's either it's either Mitch, uh, Mitch lend me a rod or... or yeah, it's it's the holiday right? season. If you're going to gift yourself a rod, what, what would you get right now? What, what, what kind of rod would you be? I want to... Th- honestly, what kind of rod would you tri- be? What kind of rod would you buy? <laughs> uh, I want the... I would love a... If you were uh, a fishing rod, don't you have a nine weight? No, I don't. I have a ten and an eight. Oh right, right. But right. I would lo- I would love a but uh, a three weight butter stick from from Reddington for for yeah. Trout those are season. really good for bonefish. No, I'm saying he just <laughs> said, <laughs> just he was just general. saying like, <laughs> he's saying in general. Uh, but just but to uh, all those uh, all those point there, I would probably get a, a nine weight from Reddington. Uh, I forget which one it was. I think it's called a Predator. Yeah, those are dope yeah, rods. Man. But yeah, I'm yeah. with yeah. you, man. That butter stick is aw- like I love I love mine. It's super fun to do. A little dry flies on for sure. But yeah. 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 Well, I mean, trout season in Ontario, you know, it's going to come up pretty quick on us, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's only January, but it's going to be here soon, you know. It's the four new months, year. It's really just four months away. It's four months away. And in that four months, we're going to ice fish and mm-hmm. run around in the snow. And then in February, March, we'll just kind of like stay inside crying and time <laughs> flies. Time flies. And then should, uh, it'll be Time flies so. in the ice hut. Totally, one hundred percent. We'll do a tying night in the backyard. One hundred percent. But that's like actually, you know what? That's that. That's a good. That's, a, that's actually a bit of a fun question, Mitch. If you were going to treat rod. yourself to, a, let's say, a Christmas bonus fly rod, what yeah. what, what would you get? Because it's fun it's talking question. about shopping around new rods. I've always wanted a TNT. Um, obviously, uh, they're also slogan is one of my favorite slogans ever. The rod you'll eventually own. That's like such an amazing mm-hmm. tagline. Um, but friggin', what would I want? I think, I mean, Reddington, I've, I mean, I need to get some new waders and I'm on I don't know if that's Reddington the tagline. Waders. I think it's the last rod you'll ever own. I think that's the tagline. No, it's the rod no, no, you'll eventually own. The rod you'll eventually oh. own. Isn't that so good? I'll just go I kind of want a butter stick too. I don't know. They're just such fun little rods. They're so cool. I will, yeah. I will say, like, when Gene brought the six weight to Texas, um, yeah. and ended up gifting it to Joe, which is very nice, Gene, of you. Yeah. Um, putting a redfish on the six weight fiberglass was awesome. Oh man, that is cool. <laughs> it was that like is cool. It just sent the it sent the red it sent red fishing to another another level. But I love I yeah I love. I it was love a six weight butter stick. Yeah. That's cool, man. That see that yeah, I want. That's, that's what cool. I want for bass. I want to get that for yeah. bass. Yeah. Oh. oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, that's what the I want. bass when I when I did that little uh, bass pond with Aaron in Texas. I brought that. Yeah. I brought that rod. Poppers oh, on this on the fiberglass six weight. Yeah. Ooh. That's that's what I want. I want a six weight butter stick. That's what I want. Final, and then a, and then a cool reel. And, I, and that's what I would get for bass season. I'm going to buy one. I'm buying one. 100%. That's it. He's buying one. I'm buying one. I'm buying a butter stick for bass. If you can see <laughs> us, we're all throwing our hands in the air right now. We're freaking out. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> what would you get, Aldo? <laughs> what rod are you going to get? You know, um, I have many, but I don't have a nine weight. Right. Oh. Of course. <clears throat> why, do I want, why, why do I want a nine weight? I don't need one. Right. But who needs anything except for like we were talking about the other day a nine <laughs> a nine foot eight weight. If you All don't you have a nine, a nine foot, foot eight, eight weight, weight, especially being in Ontario, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you know what? Like people listening, like if you disagree, like send us an email freaking out. But I'm saying all you need <laughs> in Ontario is a nine foot eight weight rod. You can yeah. fish everything with that if you wanted to, you know. It, I mean, it presents those parachute atoms really well. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of dip them down. Uh, everything else is just uh, is just noise. But um, you know, yeah, but you're gonna get. So you want to get. You want to get a nine weight though. I, I would say if there's a hole in the lineup, it's 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 the nine weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And specifically for this trip to the Bahamas, because you can yeah, get up, totally. you can get double digit. Uh, yeah. Say. <laughs> double fish. digit bonefish, which that sounds insane to me. Yeah. Um, also, I think Yilma Yilma gets there a little bit later on the on the first day, which isn't a fish yeah. day. It wasn't supposed to be a fish day, but I think the plan now is to go snapper fishing in the oh, more man. of the deeper water. Right. Uh, so while we wait for Yilma, and we're gonna catch some snapper and eat it. Ooh, eat it! Yay! Thanks like for catching gonna, my dinner. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're literally catching dinner <laughs> for you while you're flying in. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, I don't know. Nine, I think a nine way would be cool. What, I don't and know. And Yelma, man. You're, you want Yelma wants a butter stick too. Yeah, butter we're buttered stick. up. We're all buttered up. Mm-hmm. All those already got a butter stick. Yeah, three yeah. weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love um, it. So yeah, but I love talking cool. about. It's fun talking about gear. Of course, I just love course. buying gear. I know it is fun. I mean, I just loves buying gear. I just constantly I just me hates links. buying gear. <laughs> constantly texting me links to gear. He's just I've downstairs never seen just looking at gear. Shopping so much for gear he loves his gear he's a gear he guy does. he's a gear guy he loves gear sure. he's a gear guy uh well geez everybody I think that's it i think another show in the bags um okay well, let me know if you need anything so adrift i'm going now oh okay yeah uh i don't right now but i'm gonna actually actually i kind of do need some tying stuff um so we'll talk but um Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was awesome uh, getting the Great chat. Show. Everybody check out his Instagram, Nick Price Photography. Um, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year. Uh, stay tuned because we got a ton of content from last year coming out. Esnagami Lodge, Texas fit f- videos, uh, fishing with uh, with Jeff Jackson in Ottawa. We've got like oh, a ton yeah. of stuff coming out yeah. and it's our edit season. So um, stay tuned for that. We'll be releasing some videos, pictures along the way. And um, yeah. Uh, stay tuned also for our next show, which will be uh, all on our trip to the Bahamas, which we're going on um, literally very soon. As this is this airs. is out, we're we're there. So you know, stay tuned because that's going to be one heck of a heck of a program for you. Uh, and thank you so much, everybody, for listening. That's it for me, Aldo. Program. <laughs> program. <Aldina. laughs> it's going to be a heck, heck of a program, program here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, happy new year, everybody. Happy new year. Yelp. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, same here. Happy New Year, and uh, thanks for listening. Everybody listening at home, take care. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.